So welcome, welcome. Uh, my name is Chris Armstrong. And I'm Vince Brantley. And this is the first episode of Talking on Eggshells. And uh, I feel like, Vince, you know, as we have this conversation, for those who don't know us, uh, haven't seen us sort of on the road, if you will, it'd be a good thing to just sort of give them a sense of what this is going to be about. And uh, I'm going to ask you to sort of start because you talk a lot about, you know, no script, no frills. What does that mean for people who are listening to this podcast and are going to listen to us regularly? Uh, basically, this is uh, unedited, live, and direct. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got two uh, facilitators who are masters in their field um, who are very adept at speaking to issues from a neutral lens. Um, because we facilitate discussions in organizations and with individuals and companies all the time where we have to be neutral in discovery if we are to be passionate in execution. And you said, Vince, what some people would call a dirty word. So to some people, when you talk about neutrality, particularly around culture, particularly around diversity and inclusion, which are our two sort of areas, what they here when they hear neutral is you can't have an opinion, you can't be passionate. Um, and you really just have to take whatever comes your way. And some of that is true, right? Obviously a lot of what we're going to be talking about here, as Vince said, a lot of what we do in our regular jobs is we facilitate conversations, but to really be able to facilitate conversations when it comes to culture, when it comes to diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging, you really do have to be able to hear where everyone's coming from, to listen, to understand, as opposed to listening to respond. Because if you can't do that and you can't be neutral, you're only only listening to or sort of opening the door, if you will, to people who either agree with you or agree with what sort of the common refrain is. What would you add? If you are to have a conversation you know, and you want to be impactful or effective, very important that everyone is included in the conversation that you don't shut down the very people who would benefit most from the change that you're after. And so allowing people an opportunity to speak from their position without judgment, uh, with your best effort to understand where they're coming from, uh, keeps them in the room. And keeping them in the room means keeping them in the conversation, which means they are there to be impacted. Uh, you'll miss 100% of the people who walk out. So, you know, that's that's kind of our, our philosophy, and uh, uh, that's how we do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, we uh, our second episode is going to be called Neutral Zone Infraction, sort of with a question mark, because we're really going to dive deep into the perception that neutrality is bad when you're talking about politics, culture, things like that. But the other thing about our podcast that I really think is going to be different is, and how we're going to stay neutral is we're really going to introduce all different perspectives, right? Yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, some controversial, yeah. Uh, some from the safe lens, you know, the, the safest route possible. But uh, you know, we have, had the unique opportunity to hear all sides. And so um, 
it's, it's an honor to share them with you so that you can come to an informed decision as to where you stand. And, and there's a part of this, you know, whole podcasting, you're putting yourself out there, you're really trying to get people to know who you are. There's a part of this where you really have to talk a little bit more about yourself than maybe you're comfortable with. And I know knowing you, Vince, the last thing you want to do is sort of talk about yourself. I, I don't like it as well. So I'm actually going to do you the service of giving our audience uh, a lens into who you are and why I've always wanted to work with you. So, so Vince, in my opinion, is the best facilitator. And I say that because ever since I met Vince, he never brought an academic approach to listening to people, to listening to understand. Because to be a great facilitator, to be the best facilitator, you don't have to be reliant on agendas. You don't need ground rules. You don't need engagement strategies like, you know, uh, the trust fall or post-it notes passing around because you can actually be in the moment with human beings. So the very first time I met Vince was we were sitting on a panel. We were both senior executives in the federal government. And if you've ever sat on those panels or you've been in the audience of those panels, what you'll find in a lot of cases is the panel members themselves are more about themselves than the audience. But here's this guy who's probably three people down from me who is taking in questions, had all the subject matter expertise he would need to answer the question, but instead was curious about where the audience was. And when he did get around to answering the question, he actually answered the question. I say all that to say part of why we want to do this podcast, why I have facilitated with Vince for the past five years now, actually seven years, five years as a company, um, is because it is actually very rare to meet people who can listen to understand and who can take even the most controversial, sensitive topics, unpack them to the point where people are comfortable being their authentic selves. And I just want to say that last part again. It's not enough to be in a room with people and to say, well, we're all here. Go ahead and talk. You actually have to create an environment that allows them to talk, which means they actually have to trust that if they talk, you as a facilitator are going to listen and you're going to be mindful of whether other people are actually letting them talk. So I just, again, a lot of this, a lot of what you're going to hear uh, you know, throughout our entire podcast comes from Vince's ability to genuinely, authentically be in the moment and to, I'll just say, I'm going to say, leave your feelings at the door. It's not that you don't have them, but uh, sort of your ability to really stay in that moment so that everybody feels heard, so that we actually get all the issues on the table. Otherwise, all we're talking about is not what's most important, but what's the most accessible depending on the thoughts and feelings in the room. And that's never going to get you there. Am I wrong about that? No, you're spot on. You know, um, we can easily find ourselves talking to only the people who will listen. Um, but the people who will listen are more than likely the people who are interested. They already have an idea. They already have a passion for it. They already have an understanding. They're just, they're, they're really happy to hear your perspective. Um, those aren't the people who really require change. Um, and those aren't the people who inspire us to change. Right. You know, part of the trust involved in having these conversations is developed from showing a willingness to change your own perspective. 
or at least to listen to understand the perspectives of others, which in and of itself is a change. The goal of communication is change. If it was not for change, we would not need to communicate. There'd be nothing to talk about. Every time you say that, uh, yeah, I get, yeah, that's 100% right. So it's like, maybe I'm trying to change your awareness. Maybe I'm trying to change your understanding. Maybe I'm trying to change your actions. The type of change is not the point. The point is the goal of it is change. If we're going to get to change, let's keep people in the room who would benefit most from it. And let's keep people in the room that would challenge us. Even in the places where we are most hardened in our beliefs. To see it from another perspective. Uh, you know, Chris Armstrong is a person <laughs> who is, you know, he had a legend that preceded him wherever he went. And, uh, you know, little old me, I was just navigating the hallways until we ended up on that panel. Um I saw the same things in his approach uh, that he, he sort of mentioned. I'll just add this one additional piece. I saw the difference uh, between he and other senior leaders and senior executives and that, you know, in many cases, others took opportunity uh, to talk about themselves. You'd ask them a question, they would go to their own experience and tell you the story they wanted to tell. Uh, Chris, listen to understand what you were asking. First sought an ability to kind of take that in. Like his questions ensure that he had your statement right first. He knew what you were saying. He knew what you meant when you said it. He knew why you were saying it, and then he would respond. Even then, he had a way, of, a very masterful way, masterful way of you know, keeping you at the center of what was going on, as opposed to shifting the spotlight to himself in order to make a point. Uh, the other thing I would highlight about Chris Armstrong is that um, – you know, there was a movie, A Beautiful Mind. He's got a beautiful <laughs> mind. His ability to organize, um, not just organize thoughts, put them together um, in a way that people can understand. Uh, he can simplify complex ideas. He can simplify dichotomies and what people are expressing and bring people together through his ability to capture and then portray the very essence of what is at the heart of the discussion. That is, a, that is not just a skill or a talent. It's a, it's a gift um, that he's able to do that kind of stuff. And in a, in a, in a timely manner, uh, he has a photographic memory. I'll, I'll make this my last one. And so <laughs> what that means is he can introduce facts from an article he read 15 years ago. Well, I'm struggling to remember what I had for breakfast 15 minutes ago. Um, I've never known anyone who could do that for the purpose of others. You know, that's a big difference. There are people with great memories who are making a point. Uh, they are making a profession. They're, they're doing a lot of things, um, but they're not using that 
in order to help people to understand the very environment, the very uh, the, the the systems thinking behind it all, um, uh, helping them to challenge their understanding of what real reality looks like, uh, the processes, the procedures, the laws, uh, the statutes. I mean, so uh, together, um, what I saw us. Uh, able to do uh, together was, you know, something that very few people or or even teams of people uh, have ever done in my, in my mind, you know, to really uh, bring people into a room in a way uh, that made them authentically want to stay. We go into organizations and I'll say, you know, just to warn you, our people don't talk. They're probably not going to share too much. And we always say, you know, challenge accepted because you create that, uh, that feeling of trust. Uh, you authentically inquire as to their meaning. You give them the ability to speak without judgment and they're going to fill up every page in your notebook and every, every whiteboard on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, as we do our best to, distract away from talking about us because that's just mm-hmm. awkward not gonna do that anymore. yeah this is not gonna this is not gonna be the Vincent chris show we just wanted to give you a sense of who we are where we're coming from let me fast forward and give you a sense of uh what it really means the title of this particular podcast you know uh talking on eggshells cracks in the foundation very first episode is just called cracks in the foundation because what we're seeing, what we've been seeing for seven years or so, um, even when we were still, you know, in federal employees, is that we are talking more and yet we're becoming more divided. As human beings, we're having more conversation. With social media, everything's illuminated. You can put out an idea in Kansas at nine o'clock, it's gonna be in New York at nine oh one. Right? Like that kind of lightning speed and information transmission. But what happens almost as quickly, Vince, and I'm going to turn this over to you because you talk about this all the time, is we're not products of our environment. We're products of how we respond. So the responses to those transmissions, the way that we're so quickly and easily as a society able to read or hear something and automatically flip it, react to it, even if it's not what was said, and what that's doing in terms of the cracks in the foundation, I mean, just give our audience a sense of what are some of the things we're seeing that really has us in this place of wanting to talk? I don't know that there's ever been a point in history where we have been more connected as human beings. And yet I don't know if there's a time when people have ever felt more alone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the contrast and the irony of being able to reach anyone in the world Um but being afraid uh, to share what it is you feel, um, being isolated or feeling isolated, you know, it's, it's, it's crippling. It's crippling organizations, it's crippling communities, it's crippling families. Uh, and so we're going to attempt to navigate some of the more difficult topics because they're things that people think about, but are afraid to talk about for fear of the judgment that may come against them for fear of inciting an enemy that used to be a friend for fear of isolation. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'll just add, you know, just if we go through a couple of those topics, we're not going to deep dive into them today, but just give you a sense of things that might be on the horizon. If we're comfortable talking about them for that matter. I mean, again, this is an unscripted podcast and we're sitting here telling you we have ideas of things that would be helpful to really open the door to. We're a little afraid. Less about having the conversation and more about the reaction. More about the court of public opinion. Because the very reason that, the, that society is where we are is as human beings, and you've heard us say this already, we don't listen to understand, we listen to respond. Imagine you saying something to someone, they repeat it back to you, and you're like, that's not what I said at all, right? You don't have to imagine it, it's real. That's what we're dealing with as a society, particularly with um, triggering topics. Anything around, uh, I'll give a quick example, uh, and Vince and I had this conversation um, there's a Michael Jackson movie in the works. And actually, uh, Jermaine Jackson's son is going to play Michael Jackson. One of the directors of Finding Neverland, which, of course, was the uh, um, uh, Michael Jackson documentary about the uh, two boys who accused Michael Jackson, um, he comes out and blasts the fact that the movie's being made. And one of the questions we asked was, asked ourselves was, does that director at least understand why the movie's being made? In other words there are still people who listen to Michael Jackson. Um, he had, there's a Michael Jackson Broadway show. There's a Michael Jackson uh, Las Vegas uh, show. And so while there might be the perception of some people that he should be canceled, that no one should do anything for Michael Jackson, the fact is people are. Um, that's a potential topic. Not to give our opinions about whether he should be canceled or not, but to introduce the different layers around that. Um, there's another example where um, a Hollywood actress uh, came out a couple of days ago with a quote around, um, you know, she, she being done with men. And she questions people who get into heterosexual relationships. Is there any curiosity about what the different perspectives are there? Is there a curiosity about why some people uh, still support uh, Donald Trump running for president. And even workplace topics, um, why haven't surveys worked for 20 years to actually get a sense of the culture? Why is it that we've had unconscious bias training mandatory in a lot of organizations for 20 years and yet here we are? These are the types of topics we're going to put on the table and what are we hoping we're going to get, you know, from our, from our listeners, Vince? Uh, first and foremost, an interest in, uh, in staying with us. Um, uh, but even more importantly than that, I would say, is the, the courage uh, it takes to continue the conversations. You know, to open dialogues with people who may not share your beliefs, may not share your ideas, but to be able to engage them in a way that invites them to be and share who they are so you can figure out who you can be both individually and collectively. And what I find interesting about that is, and obviously I agree with you 100%, is even people that are in the field with us, so other practitioners, other culture practitioners, other diversity to belonging practitioners, um, 
in some ways, and I see it all over LinkedIn every day, um, they post from their heart and, you know, and their views are their views. And we don't ever question those. I don't ever question those. Vince doesn't ever question those. But some of them will actually express concern as to why they don't get clients. But what happens is there's a difference between wanting to um, affect change by your passionate words and your passionate views and being able to affect change by taking in other people's passionate views, other people's words. And I've seen some practitioners box themselves out of work because the way in which they communicate paints a picture that they're not interested in anyone else's perspective. This is what's right. Nothing else is right. Um, so this is, you know, I hope there's some practitioners who listen and at least get a sense of what it means to really explore different perspectives, whether you agree with them or not, and how that actually opens the door to change. Uh, and Vince, you talk about this a lot when we uh, teach facilitation, which is emptying the cup and what happens if we don't let that happen. Yeah. You know, you typically, um, you have someone who's passionate about what they want to say. Um, and everything they want to say could be exactly what needs to be heard. But what prevents people from taking in what's being put out is their cup is already full. And so they, they go through a process of trying to figure out what they're going to, what they're going to pull out so that they can make room for what you're trying to put in. Um, yeah. And it's, 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 it's a struggle. You know, in many cases they may just have an idea that they don't want to let go of because they've held it for so long because it's been the idea of their parents. It was the idea of their forefathers. It was the idea of their mentors. It was the idea of everything that they knew and held to be true. And what we're asking them to do is shake that up without taking the time to even understand what it was to begin with and what it was to them. So being able to empty the cup gives them an opportunity to voice where they stand, to feel heard. And oftentimes, that is the number one detractor to whether a person will listen. If they feel like you're just broadcasting and they're not going to get a chance to speak, they don't have, that you won't listen. Nothing about you is going to change. The exchange won't occur. And so our willingness to just have those conversations and listen to understand is really what enables us to make change possible for all. And I think, uh, you know, as we sort of close out this very shortened version of our first podcast, again, just sort of an introduction into what this is going to be about. I would leave you with a thought and then I'm going to turn it over to my colleague Vince to sort of close us out. Um, you might listen to with our next podcast, a podcast after that, and automatically think in that first 30 seconds, oh, no, no, not this topic. Because again, we're going to be talking about things that people are either not talking about or they're not getting to the heart of. I would just ask you to consider how do we change anything in society and culture in the workplace if we don't change how we see and respond to people? and the things that matter to them, because there's nothing we're going to put on the proverbial table on this podcast. It's an out and about in the culture, in the atmosphere. 
So just ask yourself, am I willing to sit through it? Am I willing to listen? If I get a little triggered, if I get a little bothered, what is the power of powering through that? What's the impact of being able to sit with that and to come out on the other side with, if nothing else, a deeper sense of where other people are coming from? How would you close this out, Vince? When we are able to change, when we're open to changing the way we look at things, and people for that matter, it is then, and in my opinion, only then, that the things that we look at and the people that we look at can change. So many times people make efforts to be different. But what discourages them is no one recognizes the difference that they've made. And so we have to be open to looking at things differently. I mean, otherwise we're going to be involved in the same pointless arguments that we've had for decades, centuries in some cases. Whether or not you were more wrong than I was, maybe, well, maybe um, whether or not uh, you were first or and I should have been, you know, just... It's just a, a constant clashing of, of fists as opposed to opening our hands to understand and trying to actually grasp and hold on to what, other, what the other person had to say. If we can model that, then we can inspire others to do the same. Like you always say, the point of communication is change. And that's what we intend to do. We're trying to change hearts and minds. We hope you'll... Come with us on this journey. Uh, we're going to have lots more podcasts coming out again. This is sort of a shortened introduction. And again, my name is Chris Armstrong. I'm Vince Bradley. And uh, welcome to Talking on Eggshells. Uh, we'll see you all next time.